He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. I've always operated everything in my life. If you execute on the basics, do the right thing, lead with the right goal in mind, it will work out. And I don't want to squeeze my guests for every nickel. I don't want that to happen to me. And they pay it forward. You know, they'll they'll do different things. I've had people, you know, buy big pop-up tents for the beach and leave them for me and, you know, just do different things and write amazing reviews, refer me out to friends and family, and I get three bookings from the one. There's a lot that comes back to you when you just do the little things. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. Welcome back to the podcast, and this episode is brought to you by our friends at Minute and Hostfully. If you haven't heard of Minute, Minute is the number one noise and occupancy detection device for short-term rental operators just like you. From their outdoor and indoor sensors, you can ensure that with their audio ID technology that you are not getting any false positives for things like wind blowing, plates breaking, dogs barking, doorbells ringing, you name it. You will only get notified when there's an actual potential party happening on site, and that could both be indoor and outdoors, especially as we come up to spring and summer seasons. Not only that, but they have amazing integrations from smart locks and other software partners, of course, like Hostfully. Now, if you don't know about Hostfully, then Hostfully is a property management platform built for short-term rental operators to ensure that they have the best connectivity with channels like Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com. Not only that, but they have the best integration marketplace I've ever seen, so that way, Operators like you can choose and pick their tech stack without having to force and comply to different operations that just don't make sense for you. Plus, their digital guidebooks are the best in class and your guests will love them because all the information they need to know about check-in all the way to check-out and the destination are right there at the touch of their fingertips. Check out these special offers from our partners, both Minute and Hostfully, in order to ensure that you are getting the best value with your technology as you continue to operate your business. Back to the episode and thank you so much for tuning in to Slick Talk. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And I'm super pumped because this is a special episode. We don't get to do this quite often. So I'm getting to sit down with Catherine Ratcliffe, who is the co-founder, co-operator, co-owner, all this above with her husband, Grant of Lost Together Stays. And she's also one of our amazing Destination Air winners from the Book Direct Show Destination Air Awards that we did in 2022. So Catherine, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Will. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. And I will just say this right out the gate. For anyone who may have already heard Catherine's episode on Heather Bear's podcast, Heather, if you're listening, thank you for pushing me to get Catherine on sooner than I was already planning on doing all this stuff after the event. But great episode that you did with Heather to set the tone. I think for anyone who's listening to this, I would highly recommend they go listen to that one as well. But for me, it was actually really helpful to hear more about your story outside of the nomination for your your winning of the Destination Air Award. And I, I personally enjoyed it. I, I had a really good time for you. I want to ask, 
how many times have you been a guest on a podcast, uh, getting to share your story and all the other stuff? So in terms of sharing my story, um, Heather's was the first in that. I've done a few podcasts that are very industry specific for my main career, which is you know very different than this experience. Gotcha. Well, I'm honored to be the second for this industry, but I'm curious for everyone who's listening, can you give us a dive into your career? And then of course, the journey that you have had leading up to you and your husband, Grant, owning Lost Together Stays and kind of this whole journey that you guys are on as well. Sure. Yeah. So I am what everybody uh, grows up and hopes to be, which is a large group employee benefits broker. So oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's what everyone says when they're in kindergarten, right? And uh, <laughs> so very data centric. It's a lot of helping people and leading with empathy and heart through difficult conversations. And it's great, but it sort of cannot, um, it's not always as happy as I would like it to be. And my mother-in-law had passed away at the age of 62 from Lou Gehrig's. And then my mom passed away sooner uh, than, than she should have. And um, it was very hard for both Grant and for I. And, you know, it's sort of come to this realization. I'm, I've had this huge career. I'm, I'm gone a lot from my kids and trying to figure out how do you, how do you make something tangible for them that you're leaving behind? And so... I always describe it as a bit of a midlife crisis, but I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And that was, I decided to go out and buy a beach condo for, for the kids. We used to always um, go on vacation to the beach. And I said, I want, I want my own. I want my own place that they'll remember. And they'll think of all of the memories, you know, from, from me and from Grant. And so we did. And it was never really about any type of profitability. Grant wanted to make sure we weren't going to lose everything we had with this because he, he thought I was a bit crazy. And I had worked the numbers and I, I knew it had been a rental. So I knew that it could at least cover the expenses. And I just just wanted a place that, that we could have a little bit of space from the normal day to day, pick up your room, do your laundry. <laughs> Why are there dishes yeah. in your room again? Like something different that would just be ours. And um, so we started with the beach condo. And it really pivoted because I loved the guest interaction and I designed it for, for us. All the things in it were very meaningful. It never occurred to me to skimp on things like silverware or dishes, mm. you know, it, because it was geared towards our family. I didn't want to be doing dishes after every meal or every snack. So I wanted to have enough silverware that I could get through that, but also to be able to cook because I don't, I can cook. I am a good cook, but I'm not home a lot to cook. And one of the things I like to do on vacation is to cook for my family. Grant does a lot of cooking too, but, um, so I wanted to have the things that we would want to cook. You know, I wanted to have the, the waffle irons and the crock pots and all the things that we would want to do. And the guests really were thrilled with that. The first couple of reviews that I got about some of the things that I thought were so silly were about a crockpot and about, you know, just little things that never occurred to me. And uh, I love that interaction. I loved being part of somebody's vacation, their memories to, that they were making with their families and their friends. And it, it just fueled this desire to do more within me. See, that's why I had to get a business partner that was married, kids, all that stuff, because I'm a single guy. So I have like four silverware in my whole drawer. I don't have enough pots and pans to do anything with. So that's it's kind of funny to to see how 
your target persona was really just you and your family and how your guys's experience and vacations was what you wanted and just naturally created which I, I i love to see because a lot of people are like uh heather bear to mention her again we talked about it uh multiple times on people always thinking about like your avatar guests who's your target audience and all this other stuff and sometimes it's just you like look at right. yourself and look at your life right like so I guess for your couple first reviews coming in and you're seeing this response from your guests, was that a light bulb moment for you or kind of maybe did that push you into wanting to expand on that a little bit more? I guess I'm just kind of curious where it goes from the first beach condo to where you guys are now with multiple properties and multiple different de destinations as well. Yeah, it really did fuel. I, 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 there was nothing that I was doing that I thought was that earth shattering. To me, it was just common sense. Why wouldn't you have wine openers? And when I started to get all the reviews saying, you know, it's the best stock kitchen we've ever had. And, you know, she was amazing to deal with, very communicative. I guess it created a foundation of I wasn't often left field with no idea what I was doing. And so Grant and I kind of took some time and kind of wrote out like, wh where do we like to go? What are the things we like to do? When COVID hit, it was uh, it was very strange um, because we only live an hour from the beach condo that we have. And so we would go over there during the week so that I could focus, the kids could focus and and then come home on the weekends. And it was, there was no one there. And then when, you know, Florida started to open up and we were obviously one of the first places that did, everybody was there. You, like you couldn't move. And it was this claustrophobic feeling that I felt just from the amount of people, we went from no one to everybody. And Grant and I had gone to the Blue Ridge Mountain area for our first anniversary. We'd been married almost 20 years this year. And we just loved it then. And I had told my mom from that moment, I said, one day I'll have a cabin in the woods. And it was this ridiculous, like, you're making $35,000 a year. You've been married six seconds and you're like, I'm going to have a cabin in the woods. And God bless my mom. She was always like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great plan. And you know, never really challenged me on it. And uh, so we've gone through a lot between COVID. My brother's a federal politician in Canada. And so he had just come off the heels of a big election. And that also kind of made me want to retract a little bit from the world and the mountains are great for that because you can just get, there's no cell service, you can escape. And so I said to Grant, I said, you know, this is the moment I think we do the cabin in the woods. So he uh, also just, he, he lets me be me, which is amazing because I'm crazy 90% of the time with some of this stuff. I booked a plane ticket. I met the realtor I was supposed to meet with was out of town. The realtor for the builder wasn't available. And because uh, she said she was super busy. So I meet this man, this builder that I don't even know his name. And he's going to take me into the woods in uh, Georgia. I have no cell service. He's flying in a pickup truck. I'm following him in my economy rental car. Grant has no idea where I am. And uh, <laughs> but it all works out. <laughs> and so we, he was a great builder. And we, we had a few connections right away. And he worked with me on, on all the extra things that I wanted to do. And it was fantastic. So we had this beautiful cabin and I loved the experience. Even before it was done and rented, I felt so energized becoming part of the community up there because I would go in and, you know, I would go every month and meet with all the different teams, whether it was the electrician or, you know, whomever I was going to meet with and just kind of really try to understand 
what I was doing so that it wasn't just, yes, I liked this place, you know, 18 years ago. What is it today? And a lot of people were building in Blue Ridge at that time. And so trying to figure out what would make our experience a little bit different and again, catering to who we were. So the idea behind that particular layout was my brother has five kids. I have three kids. If we all come together, we're a party of 12. That's never easy, whether you're getting ice cream or anything else. And, um, you know, you, you have different family dynamics that come out mm-hmm. in vacation always. And I love, I mean, obviously being a mom is fantastic, but I love being an aunt. And I spend a lot of time with my nieces and nephews independently of my kids. Well, when you put us all together, there's some jealousy that goes on between my kids and, you know, not so much my nieces and nephews, they get it, but my kids get pretty jealous. <laughs> and, um, So I wanted to have zones where everybody can kind of regroup, reframe, come together, you know, and and still make it a great vacation. And we get so many compliments on the layout of that because a lot of families have that, whether you're Mm -hmm. a blended family, whether this is the first time you're bringing your partner on vacation to meet your family, you need those zones. (laughs) Just like regroup and, you know, have that moment to be able to say, my mom didn't mean it that way you know, and just kind of come together. So that was, that was great. And again, we wanted something that, that we would fully enjoy too. So we love to, to grill. So there's, you know, it was interesting because a lot of folks up there, they, their property managers will tell them you can't have this many grills or, you know, smoker and that kind of, it's a lot of work on the cleaner to turn it. But I bought Grant a smoker for his 50th birthday. And I have to say, I probably use it as much as he does. <laughs> I wanted to have that on vacation because it was it was so awesome. So we we had that. And then my I, I was really trying to grasp for creating memories and lasting things with with the kids. So my um, now 17 year old was was turning 16. And um, my brother-in-law, we live in Tampa, but Tampa is very busy and big. So we never see each other in Tampa because it takes an hour for us to get from my house to his house. But we we go up to Homosassa and we're a mile away from each other. He he encouraged me to get a place up there and he wanted to just teach the kids how to drive a boat and fish. And not that Grant couldn't, but we don't have a boat. And um, his brother has several. So so we made so many amazing memories with with that that house was already there we had to you know redo some pieces of it but it's got the same concept of zones and you know the the ability for families to kind of come together and have space doing what they enjoy i really love that like this this whole episode i i, I knew i was going to be really excited about this conversation just because of everything you just shared i'm curious on the family dynamic uh, yeah. i have five sisters and one brother mm-hmm. What's the ratio, boy, girl, with you, your nieces, your nephews, anything like that? Do you have like one outweighing the other where it's more girls than boys? Or what do you what what do you would you say your ratio is? So I'm one of three. I'm the eldest. I have a brother and a sister. And my brother I have all girls. And my brother has three girls and two boys. And our kids are pretty close in age with the exception that he has a couple extra. And I would yeah. say probably the the most jealousy comes from my youngest um <laughs> and so my brother has a has a little boy who's three months older than than my youngest and that's where a lot of the jealousy comes in my sister has has three kids uh two boys and a girl and my youngest gets jealous of the youngest one there too <laughs> so 
she says that this is how she knows I always wanted a boy. It's because of the two cousins she has, which isn't true. And my my uh, husband ha- and I have one niece on his side. Then she's she's older. She's thirty. So gotcha. Uh, I love yeah. it. I I coming from I'm the baby of seven. So hearing that dynamic is is it reigns true. The youngest is going to be probably the jealous one of the group. Yeah. Just FYI, everyone listening. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a hundred percent accurate. I I love that. And so I I want to dive into your concept of zones because I think it's so smart and. I think you probably hear on other podcasts and maybe even through conversations we've had on this show, but we talk about purpose-built vacation rentals and that concept, you know, coming into the industry. For you, it sounds like the purpose-built with your cabin specifically wasn't purpose-built in the sense of design and, you know, all the other pieces really purpose-built for family and for engagement and for memories rather than outside of the other stuff of, yeah, it's laid out for you know optimized cleaning and other things like that kind of walk me through i guess the zones like do you have a couple examples of what you would consider one zone to be for versus the other one sure so the the loft main bedroom that has it's you know it's got an ensuite and it has i I try to look at what are the things that calm me down in moments of high stress (laughs) i always try to have my five things of, of what are those things that you can do at any time and because vacations, you know, as much as you want them to be amazing and perfect, there, there's a level of stress that comes with that, especially I always felt as a working mom, like this was my one week to get it right, right? And to fix all the things of not being able to have, you know, or think of having goodie bags and the perfect spirit week and all the rest of it. This was my moment to shine. And so you put a ridiculous amount of stress on yourself. So it has the the bathroom area and then the main living room and or the main bedroom. And it also has a balcony that is separate. And so you can go outside and just get some fresh air without having to go downstairs and mix and mingle with whoever you need your, you know, zone time away from. And so it has all the things. It's got a coffee maker in there. It's got a fireplace, television. You need to, you know, regroup and and shift your mind a little bit. Like you can do that. And then the basement area, it's got a couple of bedrooms. It's got a game room. It's got... Not quite a full kitchen, but it has a, a full French stored refrigerator, dishwasher, microwave. So if you need to send the kids downstairs for a little bit and have some adult time, they can make popcorn, they can have ice cream, they can have drinks, they can do all of that. The outdoor porch wraps around all the way on on three sides. And so there's games and zones there as well. So there's different seating areas. One of the coolest things we did was we put a tractor bar there. My uh, grandfather worked at Massey Harris, which became Massey Ferguson. So I bought a 1960 tractor, chopped it down to a bar. So it's, it's a place where just, you know, a couple of people can hang out there, but it's separate from the giant Connect Four set or the giant Jenga set that's somewhere else, the swing bed. So those are the you know, I would say the biggest examples of the different zones where you can kind of go because both my mother and my mother-in-law were in wheelchairs. I'm very, very cognizant of, you know, progression of life. And so it's not, it's not fully ADA, you know, equipped or anything like that, but it has a main level bedroom with an ensuite that has a shower. And, you know, my builder thought it was a bit crazy because here I was, not, nothing wrong that he could see, but I was trying to figure out, you know, was the opening of the shower wide enough for a wheelchair and putting in a bench and all that? And we're the same age. And I said, you don't understand 
how important it is because my mom couldn't go home because of stairs. My mother-in-law had to move into a different house because she had Lou Gehrig's. So I'm always trying to be very cognizant of, you know, what can you do to help? I'm I'm never going to promote myself to be something that I'm not. So I'm not fully ADA compliant, but I've been able to make really special vacations for families that are that that's important to them. And they've chosen our place because it had a full bathroom with a shower where their loved one could, you know, shower and that sort of thing without having to go up and down mm-hmm. stairs. It wasn't stepping into a bathtub where you could slip and fall, those types of things. Uh, I, I think it's super important. And, you know, you kind of mentioned a few things that I want to definitely touch on because I find it super, one, impressive on the thoughtfulness going into this whole process of, you know, making sure that one, that there's space, two, that there's zones, three, that it has fully stocked. And when I know a lot of people kind of give short-term rentals or Airbnbs crap for being like fully stocked kitchen and all it has is like five mugs and it can sleep four people. So there's one extra mug, maybe one extra piece of, you know, silverware or stuff like that. But for you now being super intentional with this, building it out for anybody and everybody, uh, like you said, not being fully ADA compliant, but still having that ability to be able to, you know, grandma can come, grandpa can come, and they can have an easy way without having to think and dread stairs and just have that limitation. For you, you're also a very, very, very busy woman mm-hmm. with your day job outside yep. of all of this. How do you balance everything? All right, Slick Talkers, now for another dynamic sponsor duo of the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Vintory and Safely. About Vintory, we've had Brooke Fotts on the podcast, who is a founder, multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers just like you scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes, into your rental program that drive the bottom line. For all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory, you can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called From Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Vintory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at Safely.com. Safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected. And this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt, you are able to make a claim through Safely and within three business days you can get instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. Well, in fairness, I say I would say that this is a passion of mine. So everybody has hobbies. Everybody has passions, whether they coach something or what have you. This is my thing with my kids. And we have built a lot of memories together doing this. They've all come to all the different properties and had different involvement, whether it's helping to write the guest book, they're the guidebook, whether it's, you know, helping plan out what from their perspective would be a good thing to have. They've been included in pretty much the entire process start to finish. 
all the kids have been there before we bought, except for the Georgia property. They've all been there before we bought it. But during the Georgia build, every kid went up one-on-one with me and spent a weekend walking through it, thinking about things because it is a family vacation. And I know for myself, if I've narrowed it down to just a couple of places and I'm trying to make that deciding factor, I'm asking the kids, you know, which one would you rather have? Hot tub, pool table, you know, your own bedroom, those types of things. And so that was a really cool experience to have them do that. I think automation is really important, but not to the extent that you lose connectivity with the guests or your team that supports you. I'm not in any of my markets. And what I realized, even with the condo, if I'm 15 minutes away, but tied up in a meeting, it doesn't really matter. I need people that can get there if a toilet's overflowing or whatever's happening. So I use a lot of tech to walk through and you know make sure that I've simplified it as much as possible. It's not always possible to automate everything. You will get older people who aren't as familiar with the technology and they still want to call and and talk to you. And and I appreciate that and enjoy that. It's not, you know, my cell phone number is out there everywhere. I know a lot of people don't give out their numbers or they have a Google number that goes to a voicemail. Because of my day job, my cell phone number, you know, was published anywhere and everywhere. And people don't call at two in the morning. They just, I mean, short of the building's on fire, they're not calling. They're on vacation and they're they're going to call if there's a legitimate issue or problem. But most often I'm getting a text saying, this is awesome. Thank you. That's going to be really encouraging for you while you're not just, you know, you're working. And then also you get a text pop up from your guest saying, hey, this has been great. The smoker is amazing. Or I love that, you know, you added, you know, this piece and that piece or my kids are having a great time. And then it flashes back memories for you and your kids. Like that's such a cool ripple effect i think for what you've built and i want to ask more of a question on like a personal note for you what does you know lost together stays like mean what does that represent how do you like you're talking about leaving a legacy for your kids and how like that impact from your mom and your mother-in-law so i'm just kind of curious what does this mean all for you to see it come to fruition it's an unbelievable dream come true i have to say when you said my name and lost together stays it, it was the most surreal moment of my life um because this was what i considered more of a secret passion and you have interaction with your guests but they're not you know they might come back four years in a row but you're not you know bonded with them in the same way that you would in a, in a regular relationship so it stems originally it's a song by a canadian band called blue rodeo lost together and the words are you know they're great. And it was popular when I was when I was growing up. Um, it was not my wedding song because my brother got married <laughs> six weeks before me and he took it. Um, so but it's the, the lyrics of it really ring true. So a lot of times, you know, we'd go on vacation and I'd be a bit lost in the moment. And, you know, because you're trying to figure it out. You've told yeah. all the kids to get off their phones. You're trying to be off your phone. How do you figure this out? You know, one of the unique moments, I think, during the pandemic, we were over at the condo and everybody was working remotely. The kids were going to school remotely. And my daughter came up to me and she said, mom, what's for lunch? And I was like, lunch? What are you talking about? I don't do lunch. You're at school for lunch. Somebody else is in charge of that. And so there's all these little moments that come up sometimes on vacation where you're like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. I have no idea. 
and we all just love each other and want to be together as imperfect as we can be. And and we are definitely imperfect at, at points, but we're together and nobody, nobody cares more about our family's success than our family. And every family that goes on vacation, I believe, is coming from that same place. So I want to, as much as possible, take away the things that make people feel lost. Like you forgot, you forgot a charger. You forget the box for the charger. You remember the charger, but you don't have the box. So all my lamps are, you know, have the USB ports in them. So there's little things that you just try to remove the barriers from making people feel lost. It's not their home. They don't know where anything is. So we spend a lot of time going through and saying what works intuitively because Depending where they're coming from in that moment, if it's a disagreement with a kid, something, you know, went wrong, you forgot my suitcase was lost by the airlines and there's this elevated level of stress and you can't find the beer opener. (laughs) How do I, how do I remove that issue? Make it obvious. So. Is that like a mindset you feel like you can train or is it a natural thing? Like kind of, did you have to like work up to this anticipation? Because I talk about it all the time from my Marriott days, you know, they always talked about, you know, anticipate the guest needs, anticipate it. What can you do ahead of time before it becomes a problem or a hindrance on their stay with us at X, Y, and Z property? So for you, was that something you more or less kind of naturally had and then grew into more? Or do you think you like had to train yourself a little bit better? I don't know. I find it like a interesting question to be for, was it like wired? Did you learn it? How is it? I can't say that I learned it. I think it is part of who I am. I think I have gravitated towards roles where that is valued. You know, anticipation of needs. There's certain positions where it's not valued. I have always done well in roles where that is part of it. Looking at, you know, from a risk mitigation perspective, that's what I do. You know, what what goes wrong and how do you make a plan to compensate for that? And And I don't think vacations are are really that different. You know, somebody's flight is going to get canceled. They're going to lose keys, those types of things. So you can kind of go through what are the, what are the potential pitfalls of what can happen and then measure out what the anticipated solutions are. You can't solve everything, but there are some basic things that you can come up with. You know, we were I have dentists listed in my guidebook because you can't go to the hospital if you break a tooth. But if you break a tooth, that'll ruin your vacation. And so, you know, where do you go? Where's where's the phone number? How do you deal with that? There are just things that I've tried to to think through. Some of it, I think, is just over the course of time, having three kids, statistically, I've had the ear infections when we were at the, you know, beach vacations. I've had things get forgotten and lost and how you deal with all of those things. But I try to walk through and think, you know, what what makes or breaks this vacation? And sometimes, you know, people, I think, go over the top with the, I'm going to leave a bottle of wine or I'm going to leave cupcakes or flowers or whatever. And that that can be hard to live up to every guest, every time. Yeah. But I think sometimes the compassion of you had to solve for my flight got delayed. And you have a guest checking in and you have a solution for what I could do. A lot of those moments, that's the difference between good and great, in my opinion. It's it's really taking that time to say, all right, here's what you do. You know, you forgot. I, I have left places and forgot somebody's entire cube of packed clothes. And there's no bathing suits when we get to the beach vacation. 
And what do you do? Well, Target is here. And this is where you go to get that. And just having that information for the guest, it diffuses the situation. And the more you try to proactively help them through those things, the less picky they're going to be about some of the other things that can happen. Totally agree. And how do you communicate this with your team? Because you you said you're not in any of the markets that you're in. So do you have this like communicated standard with housekeepers, maintenance, anybody like that? Or is it all you and the family? So I would say the guest communication is all us and the family. Um, I would say the layout in terms of what's included, that's communicated with with the team. So, you know, when you think about, I travel a lot and I'm often put up in, you know, a Marriott or, or Hilton or whatever, then 99% of the time, the thing that I've forgotten is I forgot to grab my toothbrush when I was leaving. Now I got to go to the front desk and ask for that. So if there's no front desk and I've checked into a mountain property that's 25 minutes to a Walmart that closed at 11 o'clock, now what do I do? And, yeah. you know, everybody's been there. So I just have things. I have tooth toothbrushes and toothpaste and all of those things. Um, you get to a place and kids are hungry. People want a snack. They want something, you know, to drink. So I have all of those things. So I think the team understands the why behind a lot of those things. And we talk through the feedback from guest to guest. You know, they said this, they said that. I think next time if we do you know, this, it, it might go a little bit better because there's always things, you know, should I leave umbrellas? You know, should I, you know, leave at the beach? We have a problem with people leaving too many sand toys and figuring out how do we thin that? And for a while we had people going through and signing their name on a boogie board <laughs> and then the boogie board was, it needed to go. But, you know, you, you kind of got to go through and say, all right, it's, it doesn't need to look like a yard sale. We want to have a few things here, but we got to go through and thin it. And, you know, so I think just communicating with them and once they understand the why, they get behind it. Yeah, I love that. Understanding the why behind it. My question to you, because I know we'll have probably a couple of listeners that are very numbers data focused. How do you measure the ROI of all of these extras, toothbrushes and toothpaste? And, you know, there's obviously, yes, you can go into, you know, uh, repeat guests and memories and there's not really a price you can put on that. But is there a way that you kind of calculate like the return on investment for going above and beyond with all this other intentional stuff that a lot of hosts or property managers don't even think about when it comes to it? They're just thinking about, is there good design? Is it book- bookable? Is it safe? And how many people can we you know, sleep or what's the revenue that we can generate? So is there a way that you kind of like calculate an ROI for that? Yep. So again, being risk management oriented, I look for a specific financial metric when I am determining a property. And so I want to know that if something goes left, that the other properties can support this. So that's the profitability I'm looking for from each one. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted different markets, right? So we get hurricanes in Florida, we get red tide, we get different things that happen that all of a sudden the beach isn't going to rent. And so I needed to know that either I would have enough in reserves or that the mountain cabin would offset that if if I needed it to. I look for the ability that if, you know, some unfortunate regulation came through and short-term rentals were not a thing anymore, could it sustain being a long-term rental? So I try to price it right 
first, because I think if you're at the top end where you're just barely covering your mortgage and your utilities, it doesn't give you a lot of room and it's hard to justify that ROI. You're talking about on on a guest by guest basis, if I'm spending 20 bucks, it's a lot for what I'm leaving. And that $20 keeps me at the occupancy that I that I want. So I don't really do anything with the exception of a few long-term long-standing guests. I don't do anything over seven days. And I don't let anybody stay over 14 days, no matter what. And so that four-day rental is kind of my sweet spot. And you do tend to get a premium for that. And because I'm really, I know everybody wants to make money in this, I've always operated everything in my life. If you execute on the basics, do the right thing, lead with the right goal in mind, it will work out. And I don't want to squeeze my guests for every nickel. I don't want that to happen to me. And they pay it forward. You know, they'll they'll do different things. I've had people, you know, buy big pop-up tents for the beach and leave them for me and, you know, just do different things and write amazing reviews, refer me out to friends and family, and I get three bookings from the one. There's a lot that comes back to you when you just do the little things. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to come back to it just because when you were building the cabin in, in Blue Ridge, you were talking about you love the enjoyment of being a part of the community uh, more than just like the building process and everything. What does that look like for you? Because I think I'm guilty of this too. We're, we're in Washington. We're in Florida. We're in Pennsylvania. I'm in Colorado. I'm not even close to any of these properties that we manage. And so being a part of the community is a big piece, especially when it comes to advocacy and, and being at the town hall or the city council meetings when it comes to regulation and all this other stuff. So walk me through, I guess, or just tell us the story of getting to connect with the community in Blue Ridge and how that impacted not only the build, but now your ongoing relationship with the destination as a whole. Sure. So I'm a big believer in supporting communities in, in a number of different fashions. So I know a lot of short-term rental folks will say, well, I pay property taxes and that pays for their infrastructure and their hospitals and their schools. And that's how I'm there. I really tried to understand, particularly with Blue Ridge, some of the issues because it was a very polar reaction to the short-term rentals that were coming in. There were people that were grateful for it because it provided employment. And there were other people that were very, very upset and vocally. And I wanted to understand why would you be so upset with that. I mean, there are some people that are always going to be resistant to change. So I started just by being part of Facebook groups and listening. I think when you listen more than you speak, then you can learn a lot. And so I tried to hear some of the things that were were really important to to them. And, you know, some of it was with regard to these supply chain issues. So in Blue Ridge and a lot of the mountain areas, it's tough to get deliveries. And we had guests that were coming in um, collectively as all short-term rentals and buying all the toilet paper, buying all the paper towels. And so you had local residents that were going in to do their grocery shopping and they couldn't buy the things that they needed. So that was, to me, a very easy and obvious fix. I got a storage unit and put shelves in it and I do big orders from wow. Costco. And I have all of my toilet paper, paper towels delivered. My guests don't need to buy that. Same with coffee. Obviously, perishables, I can't do that with. But I try to have as many of those things taken care of for my guests so that I'm not putting any extra weight on the community 
that I love so much. So there were simple things like that that were, you know, easy to to listen and to learn from. I think I enjoy being part of different convention and visitors bureaus. I have some of them as in clients, I have clients from the insurance side. So I understand sort of what they do. And that gave me a very different perspective because it wasn't like I was looking at them in terms of getting me rentals. It was understanding what their goals and objectives were. So if I look at my three different markets, you know, Blue Ridge has a lot of agritourism. And so by supporting the initiatives that were important to them and bring, you know, promoting the wineries and promoting the different orchards and supplying apple butter in my, I was helping them with their collective goal in terms of, of their marketing. And I could understand the issues that were coming up because I was hearing about those firsthand. With Homosassa, it's a very split personality there. You have a lot of ecotourism, manatees, Crystal River. So there's a lot of folks that, you know, being environmentally friendly, it's very important to them. And so, but you also have the people that are coming up with their you know, boats and they're going out and doing their skidoos and that kind of thing. So understanding the importance of some of that was really important and explaining and educating to guests because we don't have recycle pickup there. They've got a waste management program and, you know, how some of those things get dissected so people just didn't get upset. We have um, an electric golf cart there for our guests to use um, so that they're not, you know, driving around quite as much. We have kayaks there for them to use. People are going to bring boats and trailers and that kind of thing. But you understand what the marketing of the CVB is. And so you're able to kind of parlay because that's who their target. They've got a bigger marketing budget than I do. So if I'm tying into the things that they're promoting, then it helps me be more successful and understand my guests. So Visit Florida has a lot of international folks that they're marketing to. I look at where their campaigns are going. And so, again, it can be as simple as if I have a European converted plug, that's different than anybody else. You don't have to do a lot to differentiate in that. So I try to be part of those different organizations, understand what they're doing and what their pain points are. Because I think if you don't understand what their pain points are and you blindly go on assuming that everybody's going to tolerate short-term rentals, there will be legislation and regulation that comes down that makes it difficult for us to do what we do. I feel like you give such a new perspective for any operator out there. To me, I'm learning a ton just having this conversation with you on the way you analyze and the way you're forward thinking. It's different from what a lot of people do when they talk about analyzing a market on like a platform like AirDNA and all this other stuff, which are great. Like it's good to know those numbers and to understand that information. But from your perspective of going into like Visit Florida and the the visitor bureaus and you know, being on Facebook groups and thinking this far ahead, it's pretty like, and doing your full-time job and being a mom and, you know, running this business with your husband, of course. But like, I'm just like, how do you find the time to just do all of this? And it's, it's just really, it's really incredible to think, you know, there's way more to it that the intentional, the intentional hospitality for me is kind of the, I guess, standard that, we talk about, but we don't see as often. So just to hear all of this and the thought, you know, the thoughtfulness and everything going behind it, it's, it's intense. And I, I think, you know, when it comes to scale, and it's a good intense, like when it comes to scale, it's, you know, I think a lot of people lose that. And so for you, is there a, 
know, certain, is it coming back to the why that keeps you like really grounded in all this other stuff? Or what would you say, like, how do you keep that North star for you? It's definitely my kids. And Mm -hmm. so everything I do centers around them and the legacy that I'm leaving for them. So, you know, we kind of, if if you think about it from a historical trail perspective, it's the Ratcliffe trail perspective. So (laughs) everything we do has a connection to them. It's, and so it has nothing to do with how close we are to X or to Y. It's where their passions and their pursuits are going to lead them. That's where I'm going to be. And I'm going to be their biggest cheerleader always and forever. So, you know, my youngest is very passionate about horses. So that's, you know, that that's a market that that we're looking at. How does that parlay in? How do I provide something for them that they will have as a as a resource and as a memory that is a connection, not just a thing that, you know, yeah, I, I have this and it's, you know, a nice financial piece, but that it has a meaningful connection to their heart and that they understand that all of this was for them. You know, it's really hard when you're a working mom. Sometimes I struggled with my mom. She was a nurse and it used to make me crazy that she would go take care of other people's sick kids. And I was like, what about me? And you you lose that when you're a kid. You just don't get it. You don't understand that, you know, they're working to put you through school. They're working so you can have dance lessons or whatever it is. And so this is the why. This is the reward for all the honor roll assemblies that I missed, (laughs) all of the things where I maybe didn't measure up quite as well. They have all of this. Damn. Makes me emotional, to be honest. I guess that's a good, that's a really good reason for, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It makes like, that's a really good answer. Like, yeah, you get it. To turn the table to a different direction. We've been doing this new thing, as I told you before recording, asking our guests previously before you to ask a question for the next guest after them. And it's been really fun to see one, what people think of as a question, because it takes the responsibility of being the podcast interviewer away from me a little bit and more on them. And then to see your, your first reaction and response. So the guest before you was Andrew Bate from safely, the CEO safely.com. And normally we get like a little bit more serious questions, but this one was a good one. So it's a little bit goofy. What is the nastiest thing that you or your team has found in one of your vacation rental homes? Mm. It could be dirty. It could be like (laughs) dirty, gross as in like, yeah, there's a lot of different directions you can go, but that was a that was question great. he asked. Well, we've had some dirty things, you know, people not taking out diapers and things like that. But I think probably a little a little dirty and a little funny at the same time early on at the, the condo. And my kids were younger, so I think my youngest at the time was like five. <laughs> so <laughs> we um, and there was a bachelorette party that had come in. And it was a booking that we inherited from the prior owner, not one that I had put on the books, but we lived with the after effects. So we had spent all this time, the kids and I, picking out furniture and choosing everything. And we came in on the heels of these guests checking out and there were dollar bills and signs and glitter that was shaped in things (laughs) that you wouldn't want your five-year-olds to be asking about. There, so that was probably the raunchiest, nastiest thing that we walked into. But we've had our share of people not putting, especially at the cabin, not putting 
trash up that properly and the bears will drag that across the mountain and have a big old picnic that's that's yeah. a mess but the one that stands out is the bachelorette party for sure oh uh, yeah i was gonna say it could go either way it could be like a disaster of a bear uh getting into something or a bachelorette or bachelor party so <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm glad that it was a little bit of both yep now without knowing who's going to be the guest after you what would be your question for them to answer on their episode okay so I took uh, my family to go see Hamilton last week. We, we the older girls and I love to go and uh, go to the theater. And so there's there's a question in there that the girls and I kind of go back and forth with. And it's it's the you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story, who tells your story about what you've done and what do they say? Mm, that's good. I love that. So, Catherine, one, I just want to say it's been a lot of fun having this conversation with you you bring a lot to the industry whether it's with one home or three homes or however many homes you guys get to so i just want to say we appreciate all your insight everything you shared it's super awesome and it makes me want to be stepping up my game and it makes i'm hoping other people that listen to this want to step up theirs as well it's a great standard to live up to Anything that you would want the listeners to know if they want to like find you or get to connect with you outside of the podcast, where would you send them? So my email is the easiest way to reach me, Catherine at lostogetherstays.com. And I think what, what I would want them to know is we're a great industry. The thing I love the most is the support that you get from the communities. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask a question and to reach out because this is the best industry that I've ever been a part of. And I get to work with a lot of different industries. We are the best. So reach out, get the support, ask the questions. You can do this. I love it. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. Make sure you like and subscribe. Everything Lost Together stays and Catherine Ratcliffe as she continues to build on her legacy with her family today. So thank you, Catherine, again for joining me on the show. And we'll see everybody again next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.